Hello, I am Bruno Catala. I am the game designer of King Domino, which just won the Spiel des Jahres. And you are listening to Seven and Hands. That's Seven and Hands. Wow. Brought to you by Good Games. The city has run amok with vampires, werewolves, and zombies, and they all want to be in charge. Thanks, Trump. Now anyone thinks they can do it. Much like the time I pretended Matt's dog had snapped at me, we're playing Bitten, featuring art with more negative space than Kanye West photo album, and are more layers than a royal wedding cake. Layers. Layers. No, definitely layers. It was layers, sorry. Definitely layers. It's a sneak peek at a hard-to-find game that is definitely worth seeking out. In the meantime, you found Seven Light Hand. So I whispered that at the end. Mm, sultry. Atmos. Atmosphere. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Bitten is a bluffing and deduction card drafting game from Cat Dragon Games. It was released in 2018 and is a game for three to six players with 30 to 45 minutes to overwhelm a city with their ghoulish faction. Bitten was designed by mathematical madman Ben Canalos. Despite our best research, we couldn't find the precursors Bit 7, Bit 8, or Bit 9, so we assume Ben got it all right in the original Bit 10. <laughs> that sets a thermometer of shit jokes bad. for this yeah. show. Right, their game's elevator pitch reads as follows. You are a vampire well for zombie trying to take over the city. Deploy recruits to overrun strategic locations, but be careful. If the competing factions discover your true allegiance, they can send monsters to destroy you in your own lair. Bitten is a social deduction game with card drafting. Players do not know who is on their team or if even they have a teammate. After drafting recruits, players place their recruits in the city, attempting to overrun locations or in other players' lairs to prevent them from winning. Uh, one disclaimer before we proceed. Ben Canalos is not actually a madman. However, he once counted all the vampires, zombies and wells living in his own attic and reported that the number was greater than zero. <laughs> But what does it all mean to gamers? With me tonight, I have a one-man faction occupying the pod with his own peculiar brand of horror. It is Matt Wendigo McHale. I'm just thinking about the the probability of a cat dragon being a truly horrifying thing. It'll climb up all over your stuff. It'll knock it off the shelf. Talk to Gygax about that kind of thing. And then it'll set everything on fire. Well, the, the cat dragon has a precedent as well. When they did the How to Make a Dragon, they actually... The guy filmed his cat with its tail on something as the like, let's get a cat feel for dragons. So, <laughs> and who's go. that talking in the background? That new voice? That's special guest, Trent Voodoo Cheatham. Yeah, Voodoo. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. You'll more about that later on. The the Wendigo, the Wendigo and the and the Voodoo. How are you going, Trent? Yeah, doing well, doing Welcome well. Welcome to the pod. Well, First time on. Took yeah. you hundred and twenty four episodes to get here. Yeah. yeah. I and, didn't walk. <laughs> yeah, and walk. a shitload of kilometers. Yeah, I got here <laughs> on my skateboard. Anyway, what horrors of geekiness have you guys been experiencing in the last month, gentlemen? You know what I'm going to talk about, right? No. You know, you know it. I've been bringing it up every single episode since um, I started. Uh, it's the Four Skinks. The mighty uh, Four Skinks. I don't think anybody's interested. Oh, yeah, Everyone's sorry, tell interested. me more. What I meant to say was tell me more. Yeah, well, please. <laughs> I have something terrible to report, unfortunately. They won again. No. Three skinks. Even worse. Well, there are now. There are actually now six of them, but uh, six skinks. But I'm not changing the name. Uh, we drew. Right. Oh, is that your first non-win? Exactly. Well, that's not bad considering you didn't win a game all of last season. But you don't understand. I could I have don't. won. <laughs> I could have. Literally, I should have won this uh, game. This, but I, you I got didn't. flooded. I got by the end of it. Well, quite the opposite. I, I made the. Uh, I was playing rats. 
uh, Skaven. Yeah. And by the end this of the is match, Blood Bowl, by the way. Oh, I picked yeah. up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> by the end of the match, the the rats bench was completely full, and he had one player left on the field. Do they oh, you know were... the tactic to beat Lizardmen every game, which is every turn blitz a skink? That, as long as you do that, skink. you don't lose. Yeah. Blitz a skink. Blitz a skink yeah. every turn. They just get killed off yeah. real quick. They're, they're oh, weak. Like the elves they're the... of the reptilian yeah. world. Yeah, in that they're the only ones that can actually play the ball game. They're the only ones that can interact with the ball in any way. Oh, okay. And you don't have many of them. No. So no. if you blitz a skink every turn... <laughs> But no, my Saurus warriors were doing the, the job. They were the, just pummeling everything. They even took out a rat ogre, which I'm exceptionally That's proud of. That's pretty good. And, uh, yeah, I even went – I never foul. Never, ever do I foul, but I did in this game. And, and, and of course, you intentionally to foul. foul. I yeah. chose, yeah. yeah. And I got sent off for it. So the one time I foul, I get sent off. You got caught. That's because yeah. you're, not pro, you're not a pro no, fouler. No. It's, just, no. it's not in my nature to do bad things. Yeah. Anyway, so, Trent, yeah. Uh, you, got, you got something to top that? Uh, it, it's less less skinks, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so oh, my... this is this is skinks news. Is it, so we say yeah. we can geek, geek we but can... read between the lines. It's 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 skink we can news. skinks. Well, it's only six skinks, so it's hard to top that. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing in two role playing games. One that I've been doing for a while. One that I'm starting this week. So which one do you want to hear about? Uh, what what uh, systems are you playing? So one is a World of Darkness system, and one is Ooh. a home brew of about four different systems. Well, World of Darkness immediately reaches out to me, and you're probably going to tell us about them both, so why don't we go yeah. with World of Darkness first? All right, World of Darkness first. So I play, well, I run a game set in occupied France, so you play French Resistance characters. Ooh. It's a hunter game, mm-hmm. and the the basic premise is that the monarchies and aristocracies of Europe are, are vampires. They are. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, hang on, what year about? What, is this World War Two? Did you say? World War II. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so right. it starts in 1942, and the premise is that you know the, the great monarchies of Europe, you know Britain and Russia and France were vampires and always have been. Then the French Revolution and the Russian Revolution yeah. is hunters overthrowing the the vampires, uh, and then obviously Germany and World War One. They have a whole pile of different monarchies, so they have a whole pile of different princes yeah. uh, and four kingdoms. God, it sounds like you learn things doing this. Uh, you, uh, you will I'm unfortunately in. learn stuff. Wow. I actually, beginning of each session, I have a, a video or a piece of media to <laughs> wow. set the scene for the players. So. Sounds like Acton uh, Cthulhu, but with Mandatory but instead learning. of being mythical creatures, <laughs> it's got real ones like vampires and werewolves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and World of Darkness, of and course. monarchies. Yeah, other monsters like monarchy. Really. World, World of Darkness is the the White Wolf. Is it the old White Wolf or the Onyx Path now, I think, system? Yeah, sure. Which, I, I use, like, almost none of it. I'm just yeah. using the, the base system and the Hunter yeah, stuff. Okay. But, yeah, so they've changed it quite a bit. Uh, I'm using the Chronicles of Darkness yeah. reboot, but the actual... I'm not using any actual vampire stuff. Uh, the okay. vampires are more conceptual vampires. They have powers and stuff, but oh, awesome. I think when you play horror games like that and you have a mechanical system behind it, you can really separate the players from the experience because they're like, oh, I know that vampires have 12 hit points or, oh, I know that ability they're using. Yeah, so I nah. have the general vampire theme, but all of their powers are completely different. Uh, you sort of, no, you don't know shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you can't make presumptions based on out-of-character stuff, even sort of suddenly. Oh, that's really cool. And, what's, and, and the other one, the homebrew, are you running the homebrew one as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I just started a brand too. new game with a bunch of players, which is a Star Wars game, and it's set after the Battle of Endor, and the premise is that you play a Republic Task Force, so it's a, it's a fleet strategic level game where your, your adventuring party as such 
is five or six capital ships plus its logistical fleet and escorts. Okay. And it's a post-Endor going into a neutral sector and competing with the Imperial Remnant for control over it. So, I would like to, in that game, I would like to play the, the guy who opens the Stormtrooper barbecue uh, restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, just and, and, and cook up the, end, the uh, Ewoks. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, a key but, part yeah. of every party. Yeah, that's, yeah. You have got to have your food. You got to eat at some point in time. Your tank, your healer, your rogue, your <laughs> your, your, your chef, <laughs> yeah, your exactly. Ewok chef. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself? What have you been uh, up to, David? I, I, I look down and it's like complaint, complaint, complaint. Look, the fun stuff. Glow is back on on Netflix. Uh, Netflix tips. Yeah. It's episode season two. Uh, it's all great, except for I think it's episode eight goes a little bit bonkers. Uh, they don't actually see it's got, but it's reduced to a complaint. Look, the whole thing. Have you ever seen Glow? You ever no, seen Glow? no. This is amazing. This is gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, I've heard and the acronym. Like, never into wrestling at all. I watched this show. I'm like, this is amazing. And it's so funny. Yeah, and, yeah. It's um, like good things. Yeah, mm. Alison Brie. Uh, yeah. oh, I, won't, I won't give you the <laughs> the uh, angel uh, Avison Avison Brie behind us. Um, yeah, she's she's in it. She was in Community, yeah, yeah, and she's lead actress in this, and she's amazing. You know, she's so funny as this uh, Zoya the Destroyer, and uh, and season two is just as good as season one, except for episode eight where they go on some sort of artistic. Isn't it amazing how they could do an ex- episode like that? And you're just like, nah, let's get back to the good stuff. <laughs> but it, it's great. If Lots you of big seen characters it, and. and- they, uh, they really play them well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I haven't got past season one yet. Um, yeah. But uh, I'll get no, it's, there it's because right. it's really, it's a lot of fun. And that's what's all. My, my Netflix tip oh, um, yep. is Vikings. Yeah. I'm uh, powering through that. I love it. Yeah. Is it, got, is it new Vikings that you're watching? Have you got it's the, back the into Travis it? Or it's the Travis Fimmel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah season four right, at okay, the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've gone back to... Um, uh, again, Netflix. I've gone back to IT Crowd. Someone oh, lent me the oh, D- wow. bo- box DVD set a few years ago, but it was someone I was a bit, nah, I don't know if you really know comedy. And they said, listen, watch this. this you'll <laughs> love this. And so I'm thinking, they don't know me. I'm not going to watch this. So I'll, you know, toss it back to them after watching an episode. And I don't know why, because it's just fantastic. I love the whole thing. We've yeah. watched five, well, it's four seasons yeah. and then one show. But it's, it's a we'll, cursed gift though, right? Like it's a show that was cancelled a million years ago and there's, like you said, four seasons, but they're British seasons. So, the so short there's like six five or six episodes, episodes of thing. Here, so here's a great show. There's 22 episodes of it. It's dead forever. <laughs> Hope you didn't enjoy it too much. Oh, no. That, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm up for that. That's fine. If, oh, it's, okay. great, if it's great, it's great. You know, we, we watch them if it's good after two seasons, you know, and, and it doesn't continue. I'm trying to think that feels like a, a pain of that I've felt recently of starting something and it's only gone two seasons deep and then it's been canned. But... um yeah, it's uh, if you haven't seen it, IT Crowd, it's, oh, great it's, show. it's fantastic. If you like yeah. that sort of British, which I do, humor. I love that sort of I stuff. I sure hope they don't try and Americanize it. Like oh, it's dead. No, no one even knows it exists now. Oh, it could be. I've seen. Have you guys seen the TV show Coupling, the UK one? No. There's a. It's a, a great British TV show, blah blah. Um, but there's a US version which which is only exists in a pilot, maybe a ten minute <laughs> clip. I saw it on YouTube, and it's a shot for shot remake of a UK oh, yeah. version done by Americans, and it. It's the most atrocious thing ever. It's oh, really? Just, it just hurts you physically. Because to I've watch never it. watched The American Office, but apparently it's it's great. But it but it's not. It's, you can't watch one and expect the other. I think it's American Office is a, a really good example of it working. The yeah. first season, I think, has a whole pile of shop shot remakes. I think the first season okay. is almost exactly the same, and then yeah. it takes it in its own direction. Yeah. And I think that first season is is passable. 
but it is because it always seems funny. Like I, I saw, I saw them doing parkour, and they were just running down a street, just <laughs> jumping over stuff and yelling parkour when they jumped over, and it was hilarious. No, it's a but great that's, show. That's not an English uh, office thing, no. but it was hilarious for that. My, my partner actually is is intensely obsessed with The Office, and we live in Both. an apartment complex, the American one mostly because there's oh. just so much of it. Yeah, uh, and our neighbors started playing it, and you can hear the soundtrack through the wall, <laughs> but not just like watch an episode or two yeah. like watched it for four days straight in this amazing binge so i know these i know nothing about these people at all never yeah. even seen their face <laughs> but i do know that they have absolutely watched like 30 hours of the office in the past week <laughs> or i passed out on the floor with it on autoplay you can see the glow on their face yeah well oh. i can't i've never met them before oh, <laughs> oh there you go well, yeah, at least got. you'll have that, that talking point when you eventually do meet them. Or the, or the police when they're taking the bodies out or something. And I was like, <laughs> you oh, do I thought that was really buckle. Yeah. Buckle. Yeah. buckle. Matt, you got more? Uh, no, that's it for yeah. me. I, it's, been a, it's been a dry week since so I've gone back to school. Uh, so a lot of that. Trent? Uh, I mean, I could talk more. I could talk about my RPGs forever, but uh, let's let's leave it at that. And we'll, we'll talk about foam sword stuff at some point in the future. Yes, we will. We'll explain your presence and get into that. Yeah. Look, we're getting back to anyone that tuned into our uh, twenty-four hours of Gloomhaven, uh, for uh, which we did for Beyond Blue. Yeah. Uh, I've forgotten when we did that. It was twenty-four hours oh. a long time ago. And, ages, um, years ago now. Yeah, the the original crew, except for Matt, is getting together tomorrow. Just as on a casual, off-camera version, and we're going to go uh, deep with our characters. You're character will get put on hold no doubt somewhere and that's the great thing about that game is you can put your character on hold literally yeah we've got the big uh 24 kilo box of of gloom staring at us from across the room (laughs) i can see it it's real it exists hey and you know you you guys saw me when when you arrived i was uh playing a game of Fortnite. this this is blowing my mind at first i was thinking Fortnite would be fun uh for um community type of games you know because you get these 50 v 50 sort of things you know that there's something and I, I include my own children in this. There's something wrong with that, their generation. Because in these really? team things, they prank kill each other. Because you can do that by, if you're making a big ramp to do a launch pad off the top, your own team will shoot the ramp so you fall to your death and then they'll come <laughs> and stand in front of you and do the loser dance in front of you as you die. Or <laughs> I had a situation where it was like 10v10. We were down to the last 10v10. I got shot. I went down, crawled over to one of my friends. Resuscitate me, resuscitate me. I'm saying, you know, come on, he's right there. He built a wall around us. I thought, it's on. He's going to resuscitate us because it's 10v10. It's down. He it's just stood there time. and did a loser dance in right in front of me. <laughs> and then the opposition just like blew the wall down and just killed him right in front of me. So we're both sitting there. I'm thinking, what is this madness? <laughs> what is this is like, you Maybe know, what do, you, do you walk away from these games going, ah, oh, I did this really stupid thing and looked stupid and made him look, st- and, and that's the win now? Is that, so, I, I don't know if that's generational though. Surely, like, I would never do that. What? I'm I, like, come on, come on, team. Yeah. I'm resuscitating everybody going, come on, back on your feet. Here's some bandages. Back on your feet. Here's my spare first aid kit. I know it's the only one I've got, but for you, brother, get back on your feet. Let's go kill some dudes. <laughs> get out there. Yeah, we're going to win this. I mean, I'm only 30, but some of my favorite. Like back in the day, <laughs> molten core, vanilla, World of Warcraft favorite experiences were, oh, my friend's like resurrecting me. Oh, he's a shaman. I'll definitely accept this resurrect. It pops up on the screen like, thanks, my friend. And oh no, turns out he's standing on lava and he's using exploit to stand on his totem. So I get summoned and then immediately die in the lava instantly. Like that's 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 <laughs> gaming as far as I'm concerned. So so he basically did it to you? Oh, absolutely. And over and over again. <sighs> I don't understand, Matt. Well, see, what I would have done, I would have built that wall around you. Yeah. 
got out of it and left you in there. Oh, people do that as well. Yeah, yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, but then then you don't necessarily know what their intention was. Well, then they, you become like Schrodinger's cat. They they want to leave. They want you to know that they've done you over, <laughs> but at the detriment of their own team, uh, even if it costs the team a lot. But that's a dedication to a grief. Like it's a zero sum fun principle where if they're not having it, you must have it. It's, like they didn't. <laughs> millennials didn't invent griefing. They didn't. <laughs> Well, that's why we do this podcast, to give them some. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, yeah. All right. Mass if, media griefing. All right. Well, if that's, if that's Week in Geek, uh, we should move on because we've got lots to talk about, including we're going to talk LARP, not mentioned in the, uh, in the intro. We're going to talk LARPing with Trent. Uh, and we'll, more of that right after this. Win Decrypto by commenting on the Facebook page for episode 123 at Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hand. Every month, Good Games are offering our listeners a special offer on the game we review. This month, it will be Decrypto. Decrypto. While stocks last, Seven Hand listeners can get 10% off Decrypto at every oh, Good Games defense. store outside of Bletchley Park. Mm. Where is Bletchley Park? Bletchley? Yeah, it's, it's in England. Bletchley. In the UK. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's where they did all never the... Never been there. All the, you know... I, haven't you ever seen that movie? The... Uh, Oh, what was it? This, the, oh, yeah, that's look this one Cumberbatch up. was in it, and he was playing the the gay guy that should have been made a, into a knight, but they did something horrible to him and ignored him and or killed him in a park. I don't know. Chemically castrated him, and then he later committed suicide. There you so, go. Facts from Trent. He invented you know computing, basically. Yeah. Oh, right. And he oh, got no credit for it. He oh, got also, negative credit. <laughs> negative credit, exactly. So... <laughs> Hats off to him. What was his name again? Well, I don't think any of us really know. But just enter your nearest good game store and state this month's password. In Soviet Russia, game decrypts you. For all of July. In Soviet Russia, game decrypts you. That's while stocks last. Okay, on with the show. Thanks to Zoya Destroy for the inspiration behind that accent. Welcome back. Good Alan ad- Turing. Good advert. Alan Turing. I just had to say yeah. Alan Turing. Like yeah, I just right. good remembering as <laughs> yeah. well because we we double we remembered. Sorry, we didn't double check. We didn't Google. So I was trying to say it before, but these guys unplugged my mic. I obviously <laughs> didn't true. forget yeah. the name because that's horribly yeah, we, shameful. He was just yelling it, and we oh, some had to cut me off. Yeah, yeah Alan, Alan sorry. Turing. Sorry, Trent. God so why did we get corrected? Why is Trent here today? Trent Cheatham from. Well, from what, actually? We know we're here to talk about LARP mm, mm, for the yep. first time, which is a name that immediately strikes me as the most fun-sounding thing because if you go, we're going to go <laughs> yeah. on the weekend and have a bit of a LARP. A bit of a LARP, yeah. Sounds great fun it's straight away, like, right? like work as well. Like, LARP, LARP, LARP. Yeah. You can use it as a <laughs> verb. Like, that's great. Yeah, it'd be good like a... Isn't that... That'd, that'd be the noise that Pac-Man could make, right? Yeah, you could, you LARP, could, LARP, LARP, Someone LARP, said LARP, that. LARP, LARP, that Ooh, works. Good different accent use as well. Maybe that's how you test your accent and say LARP in all the different, yeah, your yeah. Russian LARP, your Swedish LARP. Oh, LARP, 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 LARP. Yeah. So, this, so this is something you're, you're <laughs> deeply invested in or anything. But if we re- rewind a bit and try yep. to find out how you got there, because there is, uh, I don't know if it's, it, there is a bit of a stigma about LARP in some terms, isn't it? Because a lot of people I, I know I would talk to about um, just role-playing. And people yeah, go, yeah. oh, do you dress yeah. up? Like, it's the most ridiculous thing like, that you no, could do. No, LARPers do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Some and, sort of LARPer. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's quite amazing, isn't it, when you see it happening and to yeah. think it all working. Like, it's just, I just can't comprehend how you get a whole community of people interacting like that. It's, it's, it sounds incredible, but... Maybe that's just jumping ahead a little bit. Well, let's jump when was it, back what, before yeah. we jump ahead because you asked where I was from. Well, yeah. Where uh, and, and I guess mm. 
from a top-down view, I'm a member of the executive of a group called LARP West, which is a governing body that basically just handles insurance for, for LARPs. Oh, okay. uh, and that's probably my you know most formal title. Uh, I'm also a game master and former organiser for Shattered Worlds, which is the biggest LARP that we run in Western Australia. Is that that's of a particular theme? Is that like a sci-fi That is a fantasy Fantasy LARP. Fantasy yep. LARP? Yep. And then... Tying into sci-fi, my partner and I, Kat, we run a game called Arecibo Circle, which is the one that you guys which one I visited, yeah. Early. Yeah, and that's yeah. a sci-fi game. Oh, all right. He's so, in. whole pile of games. There's, in fact, a game happening right now called Avos, which is, is set in post-apocalyptic Ukraine. By saying right now, they're doing it tonight. Literally right now. It started at 10 o'clock this morning. It'll go for the weekend. They are playing it. They play it 24-7. Oh, 24-3. Well... <laughs> For a weekend, <laughs> most games don't. But Avos is it is, is a quite immersive game. A lot of games will sort of be a bit more gamey as yeah. such. Will be like, oh, you know, play here, get some points, you know, attack this castle, you know, nine till nine, then clock off. Whereas Avos is all about immersing yourself in what it's like to be in a post-apocalyptic Ukraine. So that's yeah. more about you can get attacked at night by spooky things. You you camp in character. You that's eat cool. in character. That's cool. And, that, is and, my, and can, that is my thing. <laughs> post-apocalyptic. Can you see why I, I brought this this concept up initially you know, to the podcast? Was that this was something that was interesting that I, that <laughs> I was never, I was never involved with. Matt you know? slagging off the other yeah. uh, episodes that we've done. Let's, no, let's not do some of the usual yeah. faff that we do. What was the first time you heard of LARP then? All right. So I, despite all those previous words of all those LARPs I've been involved in, I've yeah. only been involved in LARP for maybe 18 months. Wow. I've had friends that have been involved in it for a lot longer. Uh, and I've, I've got a, a fairly substantive nerd resume. I've done role-playing games for forever. Yeah. I, I used to manage tactics on the weekends like 10, 15 years ago or something like that. I've been definitely yeah. involved for in the community. For non-WA listeners, that's a store in the center of Perth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a dungeon. A, a, a literal dungeon mm. with a literal dragon's head on it. Um, and then I got involved in it by some friends saying... Oh, look, do you want to come along and be an NPC? Mm. So that's the, yeah. the introduction for a lot of people is you don't want to make a character. You don't want to have to invest in understanding the game mechanics. You can just be like, I'm going to be an NPC and I'll be a goblin for 10 minutes and then I'll die. And then I'll be a different goblin for 10 more minutes and then I'll die. <laughs> I and then I'll be a townsfolk. NPC, yeah, townsfolk just sitting in the bar drinking exactly. beer so all day. My very first character was a, was a town guard, in fact. Uh, and... I did that for a game uh, and then, you know, being an adult with a, an understanding of game mechanics and having a bit of a background and having my head screwed on, they said, do you want to be an organizer? Yeah. And then in LARP, when you hear game master and you sort of have an RPG background, you're like, oh, that's the top tier. But actually yeah, yeah. an organizer is the, the top level and yeah. then game masters are more like your referees. Yeah, I was hmm. going to say, how do you D DM a game, a, a LARPing game then? Yeah. Is there the decisions going on? Are you, are you rolling dice? Are you, you, you absolutely you... are not rolling dice. So yeah, that's, that's the one thing. So, yeah, so you have, you have rules hmm. uh, and in Australia, uh, we keep our rule books fairly short. So if... 50 pages because Australians are illiterate is that is that the thing I think, saying? It's, I think compare it more to those board game listeners Sorry, as a difference between a fancy game we love all of game. our Australian listeners I haven't actually ever said that one before so. yeah, no, we love everybody else but now we love our Australian listeners yeah. Australians um, so yeah compare it to a fancy flight board game compared to like a Euro game right yeah, you, yeah. you're a merry LARP as they're called Will, might have a 500-page rule book and be a very wrought, some might say overwrought experience. Yeah. And your European-style LARPs are much cleaner and simpler. In fact, the, the Euro LARP or the Nordic LARP even has 
almost no rules. And so Australians tend mm. more towards that kind of side. That, that's, yeah, I, that seems the one that sort of attracts my attention a little more because you just kind of, it's the experience of being immersed in the yeah, world, isn't yeah. it? So you want to get to that point quicker. You don't want to be thinking about how do I play this game. Yeah, uh, you, you don't know, want you to necessarily be, have like there. a and d style character sheet with all these different numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but back to your dice roll question. Yeah. No, you don't roll dice, uh, but you do like hit people with foam swords and stuff. Uh, and you'll you'll have hit points. So yeah. you will keep a character sheet in your head. Uh, you'll probably submit it before the game starts, yeah. but you will have to keep track of your own hit points, your own, maybe even like energy or mana. Yeah. But those numbers, we try and keep them quite small. So if you're a tough character, you might have 10 hit points, which okay. is someone hits you 10 times with a sword, you go down. An arrow counts as three. Uh, we use these things called band guns, which are basically like buffed up slingshots made with exercise tubing that you shoot right. like a flintlock yeah. uh, <laughs> and that does two uh, and yeah. that's and you might have like five mana you can cast five spells if you're a wizard yeah. so you kind of keep that in your head but you also have to remember if someone hits you with an effect you have to know oh, what that yeah. does so like a spell might say so you know you cast your spell which will have a channel time so so does somebody say I'm casting this spell yes but they won't say I'm casting they'll be, they'll do like a five second channel or chant which oh. will be specific to their character so if they're like a a forest elf or something they might yeah. be you know by the power of the nature and the tree that binds us like something that's like oh this is a magical incantation or yeah, someone yeah. talking or if you're a vampire it might be like you know by the dread powers of whatever hmm. and then they'll throw a, a spell packet which is like a exercise ball kind of sized thing yeah. which is usually like bird seed and cloth okay and yeah. if they hit you with that like a hacky sack yeah basically yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll chant the thing then they'll throw the hacky sack at you and if they hit you with a hacky sack they'll then say the spell effect so we try and keep those really neat yeah. and short so it'll be magic silence or magic shackle which means you don't move wow. or magic damage which is like three hit points mm. yeah um, but if you hit them with a sword you just hit them with a sword you don't say yeah. Damage five, damage five, damage five. It's so just... that, was, that was my my first thought. I thought it'd be great being immersed in these worlds and hanging out in these worlds, but a lot of it seems to be uh, structured around having weapons and everything. Yeah, so, yeah. So if you're just getting in there and like like slashing each other up, and then you're either dead or alive, what happens? Is there is there in between bits? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. How so much of that occurs? It depends game to game. So mm. I'm going to try and you know name drop as many laps as possible so cool. war hearts yeah. is a game that's run roughly fortnightly mm. it's probably the second biggest game in the state in terms of players which is impressive considering how frequently it runs yeah that's more of like a battle game type thing where there's a map and you have like a faction and it will move around armies like risk and when the armies touch then that sunday you go and beat each other up that game doesn't have a huge amount in terms of the that role-playing aspect and the being your character. You'll have like an hour at the end of each game, which is the, the council where people argue stuff out and pass laws. Yeah. But most of the time you just rock up on the field and fight each other out. Yeah. Whereas a game like Shattered Worlds, where you're there for four, four days, you guys will fight a bit, but you'll also be talking and sharing the background of where you're from, your character's story, the, the lands that you're from as well. Yeah. And you'll all be given different bits of information so you know you might be an elf from forest of whatever and then you might meet a dwarf from the mines of whatever which will be in different countries and you'll have different rulers and different problems yeah. and the organizers will have given you your quests for the weekend yeah. and they might be go and talk to these people and learn about this or you might just just ask them like we're trying to you know resurrect our dead home life tree uh 
what do you know? And they might have been given some tidbits yeah, and that some kind of thing. Yeah, some sort of clue or, or yeah, some sort of little yeah. play, interact, oh, information. Yeah. So, if you, so if I, I'm, I'm David of Sevenland Handier and yeah, I've got yeah. right into my character, I rock yeah. up, ah, oh, this guy's stabbed me ten times in yeah. the neck. Do I need another character then? So n- almost <laughs> always no. Right. So obviously there's a, a balance between immersion, like making the most in the moment kind of thing possible at one end of the spectrum, which would be exactly that is like, oh, you get stabbed, you're dead, pack your bags on your bike, mate. <laughs> yeah, elimination, and, just get on the yeah. bus and see you later. Thanks for your ticket. Yeah. yeah, it was four days, you lasted 20 minutes, and like next time. <laughs> yeah. The other end of the scale then is uh, having the best rule system for the best game. And we, we try and make a balance so that most of the systems will have a kind of resurrection mechanic or a kind of healing. For example, Shattered Worlds, in that setting, there's a, a soul net and the, the, region for the, the reason for the plot is that the gods have stopped letting souls go to the afterlife. Oh, and so, so they're they trapped in this back. eternal struggle yeah. in this one region. You're trying to figure that out. So there's a, a useful in-universe reason for why when you die, and you do, actually all come back in the same spot. And so what later. do the other characters gain from, you know, if you kill a goblin as you're yeah. heading along, the, what do you get out of that? Do you get to, because you obviously can't steal all this stuff because he's just spent like, it could be hundreds <laughs> of dollars, having, yeah. you know, in that gear. Yeah. So, so real, we have a lot dollars. of, yeah. yeah. So we have a lot of really good consent based rules as befits a modern game in that don't touch people's stuff without their permission and definitely don't touch people without their permission. Mm, yeah, but if you kill that's... someone, they will be, you know, be, all right, cool, I'm dead. In my pouch, I've got five coins, which are like the game coins. Mm. Um, and you don't bring your own in-game currency because obviously you could just buy that and yeah. flood the game with it. Um, but you'll be given that from quest rewards or you might have like a little tag. So all of the stuff that a player will ever get from your body is something the game provided you in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's also objectives that there'll be so for example it might be you guys are fighting to take this town or you're fighting to capture this energy nexus or whatever so you're killing people because they're stopping you're competing over a spot kind of thing so the quest rewards that the organizers will give you or the the lore or you know you're you're channeling this temple to benefit your god rather than their god once you kill them you don't need anything specifically from them it's just their absence of, yeah. of pushing it on. Does it go as deep as, uh, say, reho- re- uh, sorry, resource <laughs> management or anything like that? Uh, the, the games have kind of gone back and forth on that. So the Shattered Worlds is up to its sixth game. The first game and even the second game had like a, an early World of Warcraft level kind of when you die, your stuff takes durability damage. You have to rebuy your equipment. Mm. Uh, that led to a faction that kept repeatedly dying, taking the field in just their underwear, just a semi-protest, semi-have-a-laugh oh. at the fact they couldn't afford their armor anymore. Uh, but then also that becomes a not necessarily a fun game mechanic and you kind of want to make the game mechanics encourage the kind of action you want. And if you don't want a game where people are scared to fight, you don't want to penalize people for fighting and losing. Yeah. And especially if it's over four days or whatever. You want to build a game that says, hey, it's totally fine to go out and fight whenever there's a, a capture point or whenever there's a thing. Like, don't worry, it won't screw you over too hard. Yeah. Uh, but but some games the other way. So uh, the <clears throat> post-apocalyptic-y, survival-y kind of games mm. will often have much harsher mechanics. Uh, a Vosp today, for example, if you want a torch, a hand crank torch is free. A torch with batteries costs a, a character point, and a good torch with batteries costs two, even just for, for core stuff like that. Uh, so there's definitely a, 
a resource management aspect there and scrounging stuff together. But it really depends on the game type. So some have no rules about it at all. Mm. You you mentioned before about this, uh, you sort of leaned on something like more the more invasive sort of stuff that can happen about how you keep things so that people feel comfortable playing. Because yeah, yeah. obviously you don't want someone, you know, uh, running across the battlefield and like smashing in the gentleman's region with the yep. warhammer twenty times. Because that's in real world that would probably leave you out of the weekend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how do, how does that get decided? Only you know that's sort of an extreme example, but yeah, what's you know, that line? How, I think. Yeah. How, yeah. How do you you go? Oh, I'm just going to attack this person, and then as you're attacking them, they go and I'm finding this really overly aggressive in real world terms. <laughs> Can you back off a bit? For sure. And that's the role of the the GMs in that spot. So you have the organizers who are your people that write the game and administrate it in a top level, and they're also there out of character umpiring. But okay. then you have GMs as well who are players who might have like a sash that says, I've <clears throat> been part of developing this game with the organizers. I'm playing my guy, but I'm like an off-duty cop. Yeah. Um, and if you've got any problems, come and talk to me if we spot anything. But because the games aren't just random people each time, we get a feel for the community. We will see people at training or beforehand. Yeah. We'll, we'll coach them. If someone's fighting too aggressively, then they'll be coach to do things properly or even restricted from it the only thing that will get you basically permanently banned is either being some sort of sex pest or like an mm. irl nazi uh if you're too aggressive with fighting or, or hurt people or something like that go a bit alpha male that's a <laughs> yeah i mean there are some people that just larp isn't for like yeah. i have a good friend for example who's a he's a big nerdy guy he's really fit he's really athletic in all ways LARP will be perfect for him but he knows that if he gets hit in the face with a foam sword <laughs> Just fucking go psycho. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's just like, nah, that's just not for me. And yeah. that's totally fine. It is a game where someone will, might hit you in the face with a foam sword. And like anyone, getting something on your nose, for example, even as an accident, yeah, anything. Mm, just can just... really rile you up. So yeah. anyway, to get back to your question, uh, the community self-monitors to a certain extent in trainings and the yeah. stuff beforehand to get people on track. But on game day... There are plenty of umpires and... Because you want it to remain inclusive for everybody. Yeah, like, what's, yeah. what's the, the, the guy-girl ratio of girls getting into it more? Because, like, nerd culture is getting far and wide. We're seeing girls getting way more presence in uh, in lots of game systems these days. Yeah. And uh, this seems like something that you see a lot of people cosplaying, uh, like uh, getting to, uh, you know, the little female characters and all that sort of stuff, don't you? For like, sure. Is and there a crossover there? There is. Um most notably, actually, that cosplay link is really good. One of the war bands in Shattered Worlds that has the, the biggest uh, female contingent was actually just a group of cosplayers that had a couple of friends who did LARP who said, get, get in on this yeah, get and it. drag it in. And the cosplay influence on LARP has been great for that gender diversity there. For yeah. sure. I, I couldn't tell you the ratio. It definitely is male-dominated, uh, but there are certain war bands that have a, a good female contingent. Different some of the different game systems that you're talking about yeah. as well have what, more preference. What I noticed when I went to watch uh, the Arecibo Circle yeah, game yeah. was uh, that there, there was representation from both sides and there were a lot of uh, players in very hierarchical roles or yep. important roles and that was non-gender specific they, yep. they they had a, a particular role to play and they had an influence or an impact on the game uh so that's i, I think that's a way of empowering people even if it, it doesn't even have to be men and women or, or anything gender yeah, yeah absolutely. it can be uh it could be class like work, work of life you know uh teachers and uh, just factory workers. It doesn't really matter. Students and and you know that sort of thing. Absolutely, really breaks down barriers. Now, yeah, apart from the, uh, the probably the more important question is, uh, you know, as we're covering all the heavy stuff, 
how many <laughs> stupid accents were employed during the course of every game? Uh, so, so as I mentioned earlier, I'm on the executive branch of LARP West, the governing body that almost exclusively handles insurance. Um, <laughs> Insure against hearing a bad accent? <laughs> well, and, and I can honestly say that last week when I was talking to an insurance agent, I told them that we haven't had a single serious accident. Yeah. We're quite lucky in that we have a couple of GPs and medical professionals who play the game and we've probably had one or two incidents where if we didn't have a GP right there, we might have called an ambulance because we weren't sure. Sure, yeah. But we've never had... We haven't even had like a broken arm yeah. or a, a twisted ankle is probably as worse as you get. Uh, we had a flaming torch-themed incident in a previous game, which was like a minor burn. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's actually been surprisingly good. And that's why we have the insurance, is because any physical game will inevitably get it. Yeah, Like I sure. was saying, like, someone's going to... more, more injuries playing basketball exactly. or something like that, right? Someone's going to break a leg or break an ankle at LARP in WA at some point. Uh, and you would get that if you had that same number of people sure. who were just walking around just playing running Pokemon across Go, the field right? anyway. Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's it's probably not going to be a foam sword. It's probably not going to be like a concussion or someone hit in the mouth. It's probably going to be someone slips over and falls. Yeah. Because uh, those things are pretty uh, pretty s- strong but safe and soft. Like yeah. we, were t- we were talking earlier about the, the guy from Epic Armory. Yep, yep, Arvi. Uh, yeah, and he was I was speaking to him not too long ago and he said something about 80% of of people's of sale he sales that he makes are from customers hitting each other with swords in this guy this yeah. is this is awesome <laughs> i think it was actually Avi once told me something about the fiberglass cores they use yeah. for their picamary stuff which is that they're slightly weaker than human bone so yeah. that if you get two of them in a contest <laughs> the sword will break first, sword will break first. Yeah. uh but that's otherwise how tough they are and they've then foam padded so. and this and this gear is amazing right it's, oh, like, absolutely. it's so cool to look at if like, you think larp and you think like oh people with like pool noodles wrapped in gaffer tape kind of thing which is yeah. what most of the the movies have shown yeah those are what we call like boffers and i've never seen them in uh wa in our larps it's more of an american thing mm. we pretty much exclusively use the the latex weapons yeah. i don't know if i put the picture on uh, seven line hand page but i put one of the the gauntlets on and it was a proper suede glove with proper articulated metal armor yeah, on the yeah. top of it yeah. and it's like oh feel the power yeah so <laughs> it's like my god this thing so the weapons uh, are not real at all but no. the armor often is pretty close to it the yeah. gauge of steel will be off uh, and it might be the different type of steel. But other than that, yeah, you know, you wear your chainmail and it clanks about. You wear your plates of armor and you can really feel it. You feel it. like it, and yeah. That, it's that amazingly really empowering, isn't it? it like it's you awesome put it on, fun. you're like, whoa, I could do some da- Just I'm just standing here and I'm feeling like I'm, I'm like I'm 10 times. Yeah. Two, yeah, I'm <laughs> and that plays into the safety as well, right? Like yeah. Someone's hitting you with a foam sword, but you're wearing an actual gambeson with actual chain mail. Like, yeah. Yeah, you do all right. Yeah, for sure. Does that does that come off just back to the rules thing? Does that, yeah. if you, depending on what armor you're wearing... Absolutely, 100%. Negate yeah. the weapon damage, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So you'll have... Generally, we use a bubble hit point system. So you'll start with like three or four hit points. And then depending on your armor, you'll get more. It might be like plus five for your full suit of chain mail or whatever. So you've yeah. got eight total. So it doesn't matter where someone hits you, you all take them out of the same pool kind of thing. It yeah. means it's kind of easy to keep track of. You've just got one number in your head. Yeah. You start at eight, and every time someone hits you, you go down by one. Uh, so sure, you honesty. haven't got an arm off, and uh, you're walking around still playing without an arm. Yeah, so some know. games do that, not so much WA games. It's a lot harder, and really you want something that's as fair as possible and also as less brain math as possible. Yeah. Because when you're fighting someone, you want them to go down when you've hit them the right number of times. Yeah. 
So you want the least amount of complications so that it's fair. And pretty people are pretty cool with that because it's a very honesty-based system, it, isn't it? It really it's, is. Yeah. Uh, I think there's always going to be a perpetual state of so-and-so doesn't take the hits or, oh, yeah. it's, it's a thing. It's, it's not as big a thing as you might think. Yeah. Uh, I'm genuinely surprised by that as well. When I first got in, you're like, oh, okay, so you just hit someone yeah. 10 times and they fall down? Yeah. Or how many times did they get hit before they ran over the hill and I hit them four times? Yeah. I mean, there's a bit of a joke, is. which is, oh, I got away on one as the, as the classic line yeah, where it's yeah. like, oh, how many are we on? Oh, one. And, you know, you talk about my favorite line is that hit points are like a survival of the fittest situation. The, the first couple of hit points are the weaker ones. They go down really quickly. But when you get <laughs> yeah. down to the last couple, Holding they're like the alpha there. hit points yeah, where yeah. it might take five or six swings to get rid of that last bad boy, <laughs> which, which is a joke. And it, people do also get into the less competitive stuff or if there are different win modes in the story, people will mm. go down a bit easier. If the, the stakes of a weekend's worth of fighting are on the board, then people might yeah. be a little bit less. But... Overall, it's actually really good. You mentioned maps before. And yeah. it's obviously, I've seen people dressed up looking amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's no doubt that you can turn up looking amazing. Is there any, what effort goes into the environment? That You know, how does the environment yeah. change? Is, is it just a field in, out the back of Bassendine? Or, or is it like, you know, you get somewhere <laughs> and you sort of deck it out or half and half? What, what, what happens there? I'll throw you some photos that you can stick up for, yeah, for yeah, your viewers as it. well. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely. So, you know, again, Shadow Worlds does a, you'll have four camps with walls and gates and fortresses and you do sieges and we have like siege cannons and stuff. Then you've also got kind of hybrid games. Siege cannons? Yeah. So we do, we do big slingshots that shoot safe. People, goblins. (laughs) (laughs) My, my faction, my warband in Shadow Worlds last game got a new personal best of 13 people killed with a cannon defensively in a siege. So we just sat there in our base with this cannon and these guys were attacking. Yeah. Kept landing shots, and in fact, this cannon, oh, right. which was made by Mate Lionel, was was so accurate you could actually do counter battery fire. So they were setting up their ballista, yeah. and you could actually just aim it at their ballista and knock out their gunners with this siege equipment, <laughs> uh, which is which is a pretty good pretty good kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's amazing. So the yeah. Avos game today, for example, I love how creative it is. It's just mm, has so like fun. buildings and tunnels and yeah. whole pile of terrain and scenery. One that's coming up that I'm participating, which is the Boot Hill. Lab, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, think tombstone wild west uh tombstone arizona that's it and i'm participating in that one in august and that's uh that's basically it's what it's a recreation park yeah kareem uh, is the kareem, location yeah, up, yep. in, up near bullsbrook yeah, yeah yeah and and so that's been a really common kind of place because it gets you some facilities gets you some buildings yeah. then you can customize that Rather than yeah, and a big open paddock, mm. which will which will pretty much never happen. So, is there a, like do you communicate with the like as a organizer or an, you know, like a, yeah, yeah. A, a guy in the hierarchy here in WA? Uh, is there a national group and then beyond that, an international group that, that do you talk with other people and groups for ideas or <laughs> so game that, that, systems or anything like that? That's probably one of the more controversial subjects. Oh, yeah. uh, Stepped in... into dangerous territory here, Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the short answer Brace is yourself. no. And the long answer is yes, sometimes, and maybe that's bad. Yeah. Uh, the biggest example, bring back to Vampire, actually, is there is a Vampire the, Ga- Vampire the Masquerade LARP, which does exactly that. It is a worldwide LARP where yeah. every regional game reports to a state game, which reports to a national game, which reports to a re- blah, 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 blah. Mm. And that's all tied together, which is an amazing idea. It does mean that if you're in an isolated place like Western Australia, the Perth game 
got deregistered a while back. I'm not super involved in that, so I don't know all the details, but yeah. I think it was some failure to report and then some positions didn't get filled and all the bureaucracy fell apart, basically. Yeah, and yeah. WA now isn't involved in that. Mm. Then you get a whole bunch of institutional issues involved in in big things like that. So we have a, re- a really good Perth LARP group yeah. and we do a whole pile of... What's the com- what sort of size is the community in, yeah. in WA? In so Perth? LARP West, which is yeah. the insurance thing, we will probably have something like 200 registered paying members this yeah. year yeah. Uh, with a mixture of like day games and like year annual memberships. 201 now, Matt's turning up. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Give you 20 bucks. (laughs) Does that include, though, uh, does that cover or underwrite all of the LARP that's happening in WA? No. So it it underwrites all the LARP that meets the criteria and asks for it. So there's probably some some black market underground LARPs out there. And and there definitely are. We find people that show up to a game and they're like, oh, we saw this on Facebook. And there'll be like 10 blokes in full kit. Yeah, and they've just been doing their backyard and you've never thing. Never seen them before. And never shut this, this like lost tribe of larpers. Yeah, yeah. Just shows up and is like, "Hey, what's going on?" You're like, what's yeah. happening? That's happened more than once. So what is you know you mentioned like some sort of twenty bucks got thrown around there, but what sort of price does it cost someone to get into larping? Yeah, so your ticket price and your your membership fees and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a is half the price of the first sword you'll buy. So like, oh, it is. The equipment is is expensive. Yeah. Weapons especially. So armor you can get really cheap through op shops and making your own stuff. And, you know, you can make quite good-looking foam armor. Any cosplayers out there will understand all the stuff you can do with Warbler. That's not too bad. Mm. Uh, Weapons, however, are expensive. Weapons are probably the hardest thing to get if you want to buy it yourself. And especially because you really do get that if you buy cheap it won't last as yeah, long. You won't get a good break. like investing in a good quality weapon is well worth it, and that might be two hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, however, we're we're really good with new people. So what we'll say is, come to a couple of training sessions. There's heaps of stuff to loan. Yeah. We'll let you use the stuff. We've got a buffer of it. We've got some stuff you can play with. Find out what you like. Get something that feels right in your hand. Get something that you enjoy using. Have a look at some rules. See what fits your guy. You might borrow gear for two or three months. Then when you go to a game for real, you go to do a thing, you've bought something that you actually are happy with. I would. The last thing is people who are like, hey, they post on the Facebook group, I'm new to LARP. I'm just going to buy this $300 sword and then show up. It's like, please don't. Like, If you want that sword, yeah. that's great. Buy it in a month's time after just using our stuff for yeah. free. Yeah, yeah. Get the hang of it first. I for... guess it's kind of the same as any like, any sport amateur at an amateur level that you join. You could spend a ridiculous amount on on the best pair of boots yep, or, yep. or no, uh, shorts or that's the kit. Yeah. The same thing. But it's, it's com- funny how it's more of a spotlight gets put on this sort of stuff. You know, like when someone says, oh, if I pay 80 bucks for a board game yeah. and I only get to play it 10 times, that's a bad deal. But if you're thinking, oh, if you got to go to the movies uh, – eight times, uh, 10 times for 80 bucks, you'd be pretty happy, right? Yeah. Mm. So, it, you know, it, there seems to be more of a spotlight gets put on um, board gaming and, uh, you know, RPGing and LARPing and all that for sort sure. of stuff because how much fun are you going to get out of that, you know, getting up? I think there's like that creativity of it, like making up your own outfit and having yeah. all the right weapons and stuff because you can... The, I mean, the stuff that's out there is, is proper quality and it's really well made, like really, really well made and, and it looks amazing. It as well. Mm, yeah. yeah. You can really design, you can, your own character. 
Aside from mm. creativity, though, there's also a huge fitness aspect. One of the guys I play with says, who's a who's a, a fit guy, but his thing is the best thing about LARP is it tricks you into enjoying cardio. <laughs> he's running around with all this kit. Running around with all this kit, yeah. I've yeah. got friends who've lost huge amounts of weight by just wearing chainmail and foam sorting people for a couple of hours a week regularly. Yeah. And then, yeah, when you go to the game, if you if you want to play like an agile skirmishy character... To get to be good at that, you've got to be able to flank, you've got to be able to run, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's a real skill and a real thing. The there you go, there you go, Matt. We can lose some kilos. Well, that's, that's it. Well, that's why I do um, Zombies Run. I mean, it's just a, a run app, <laughs> but it's a narrative yeah, yeah. alongside of it, and that, yeah. that's motivating me to actually participate and, and run. The other side of, of the game is the, the narrative and the writing aspect. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. you wrote all, a lot of the stuff for the Arecibo. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. Arecibo Circle, Circle is which my is partner a whole and I. World. Yeah. It's it's more than one world, mate. Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole galaxy. Well, it's a sci-fi at, game. Yeah. Having a look at the, uh, I'm actually on the the, the website I now, which is uh, arecibo.circle.com, and the banner that keeps popping up and changing is "Discover the Colony Worlds," and then it keeps changing with all these different worlds. And and yeah. how big is this? How big is this world that you've created? So when we made Arecibo Circle. We wanted to make, rather than a single game, make almost like a franchise of games. Mm. So Arecibo Circle, when you talk about what kind of genre of LARP is it, it's not it's not any one game. So it's not like a fantasy sword fighting game, for example. We've run a couple of Arecibo <laughs> Circle games. One has been a purely diplomatic gala where the heads mm. of all the planets went to vote for the new ruler. So the, the kind of the, the structure is that there's a Holy Roman Empire-esque seven elected worlds that vote for the emperor but in space and we ran that gala where everyone was like the ceo of a mega corporation or the the space pope of the crystal planet or whatever (laughs) and then they voted and we had like 20 laws that people got to vote on and then they all wheeled and dealed and trade votes and did that no hit points no mechanics no one shot or sorted or did anything it was entirely that that's a pain to paint yourself blue or green something like that stuff yeah, like that some people yeah, do that nice. and then the next <laughs> game was a spaceship game so it, that was the one you came yeah. to where characters were the bridge crew of a spaceship and we used the artemis uh simulator game for that and then there was like some some plot and mystery and, and things went bad and all kinds of stuff there. That was a much more physical game. Uh, there were some shots fired, but it was very rules light. And then the next game we're likely to run is going to be a well, the game after that is going to be a, a laser tag game. So it's going to be a LARP using laser yeah, tag as yeah. the mechanics thing. So it's going to be all combat. And the idea of Arecibo Circle is you pick one planet of those seven planets. Mm. And that's where all of your characters are from. But you'll play characters different tiers. So you might play the general of a private military corporation in one big wheeling dealing game, then you might play some hapless grunt that gets murdered in another game. And you, <laughs> you're always from the same planet. And if you want, you can play from that same corporation or you can yeah. play something else. The idea is you're all working towards the same goals, but all different tiers. So yeah. So it, it's pretty big in that regards. It's pretty yeah. fast. The, uh, the number of players, I think there were what, at least 20. Yeah. We had about 25 on for that Arecibo circle mm. game. We'll probably do, 35 for the next spaceship game, 60 for the combat game. So this is, in a lot of games, they'll have an uncapped number of players. It'll just be like, hey, how many can we get? If we can get 30, that'd be cool. If we can get 50, that'd be better. Uh, the Arecibo has 
had set roles. Mm. So for the spaceship game, we had a limited number of spots. So we were kind of capped it there and expanding comfortably rather than, oh God, there's a hundred people that have shown up. What am I going to do? Which yeah. which is never going to happen. We probably wouldn't have got that many anyway, even if we hadn't capped it. But it's good to have a bit of control when you're trying something new. So what goes on outside of the LARP environment? So when there's an actual event cast, is there any any preparation on behalf of the players other than costume creation, character development? Is there anything else that can contribute to the, the game's running? So for, for players or for organisers? For, for players. Yeah. yeah. So we have a whole pile of really active Facebook groups and a whole pile of really active group chats. We run training anywhere from two to maybe four times a week, depending on what kind of region you're in. And that'll be after work two to four hours where what's training yeah so we we do we do foam sword training you know you go down to a park there'll be five ten twenty larpers one of the games will volunteer to run it Mm. and they will train people in how to safely use the swords how to safely like play the game how to maybe they'll try out some new rules mechanics like oh next game we're thinking of making 200 swords better let's trial it out for a day we're going to try making 200 swords better test out new rules, get people more familiar with it, but, yeah, also meet up. What about the the responsibility of character creation and character development? Mm-hmm. Who Whose responsibility does that fall to? The, the player themselves, or can they get assistance to help them develop their characters? Yeah, so the structure is generally that you'll have factions or warbands. So a warband is kind of like a squad-sized group. Five is normally the minimum, Mm. up to maybe 15 or 20. And the warband will be linked by a theme. So the warband that I run in Shadow Worlds is called the the Bay Region Coast Guard. And we're a paramilitary Coast Guard-themed nautical group. We have like a 17th century whaler, not quite pirate, but kind of that leathery aesthetic feel. Uh, and like a whole pile of terrible in-jokes that tie back to our World of Warcraft days. Like it's a whole pile of in-real-life friends of mine, and it's just rife with in-jokes. BRC, Bay Region Coast Guard, is an acronym that was our uh, our warband acronym back in WoW, Uh, and we've kind of then made our own little space in the game with the organizer's permission where we said... Okay, you've got this map and you've got this this place here called the Wastes and there's this place called Crater Bay. What about we want to make a group of people who are the Coast Guard that work in Crater Bay? Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, what do you do? And then you collaboratively build that concept and then you make your characters fit into it. So as a new person, the first port of call is, is find a warband that meets your theme. Mm. So as, as a new player, do, do I have to be bringing... Uh, you know, I'm just thinking from... People are listening, thinking yeah, and yeah. into it. Like it sounds like there's lots of uh, amateur dramatics going on here. But you know, what if you, you know, it's what, how do you? Is it okay to find? How do you find your level of you know someone going in there and Marlon Brandoing it up, yep. and someone coming in and just you know high school dramaing it up? Mm. Room for everybody, obviously. Uh, yeah, is for it, sure. Does, does it all works? It's all fine. Or you, you don't feel like the spotlight's on you if you're just crap at <laughs> being a character. You're still working on your character or <laughs> acting. I, I, I think the most powerful tool there is ability to to go out of character. So we'll have like a hand on top of head gesture, right. which means like I'm not being an elf anymore. I'm just being Joe Bloggs. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. and, and that will be the like, hey, that's a bit weird, back off. Or the, oh, I'm just going to go and chill out. So like oh, in, okay. in my warband, for example, I've got people who want to just play for 48 hours, yeah, be their sure. guy, do their thing. I've got some people who want to play for, for two hours a day and they want to chill out the rest of it. Yeah. And they'll just be like, hey, I'm just going to go and take a break with hand on head. It's totally fine. Mm, cool. So, yeah, it's all about that. Pick your own pace. Find a warband that suits what you want to do. Mm. Uh, there's some warbands that are 
way into the roleplay and theatrics, some which are more kind of combat orientated. And if you're with a group of people, they'll naturally find that level. And you can obviously change and mix it up as you want to change and go yourself. So, but, you, so if you're doing it for 48 hours, are you doing it like in your, like, so the troll thing? I've seen these you know, latex rubber faces. Yeah, right? yeah. So if you're all around the campfire and all that sort of stuff and you're sleeping on the, doing it, sleeping as trolls do, then things would actually melt to your face. Oh, you <laughs> absolutely take it off to sleep. Uh, yeah, for sure. I play a CL for Take it game off to sleep. Yeah. With, with the whole pile of facial makeup and prosthetics. Yeah, I have, like, yeah. gills and stuff. Wow. Uh, and, and I take that off and masks, definitely. We actually have a rule where masks count as the heaviest iron or steel helmet for armor purposes, just as a, we get that it sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to throw you a bone here. So any yeah. rule system where it's like, you get a point for wearing a helmet, even it's like a fully closed and steel helmet, yeah. that gives you two hit points. A, a rubber orc mask will also do the same. Because, oh, wow. Because yeah. that's worse to wear. We get yeah. it, we get it. So no one's wearing the, the, the troll head and a, and a metal helmet. Oh, no, no, no. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, is it? Oh, man. I thought it was sweet. You, you, if you wear the helmet, you won't be able to see the mask. But, I mean, imagine how badass that would be. Someone takes yeah. the helmet off. I've been a troll all along. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. <laughs> oh, man. They get a lot of points in my book. All right. Well, have, we, have we covered LARP? Well, we've got to talk about Bitten later on. Yeah, and then you got to stick around and talk, I try will. and find out about Bitten. Well, do you mind if I quickly run through a couple of other LARPs that are going oh, on? Oh, yeah, just yeah, definitely. To, yeah, yeah. This is anything, a yeah. chance for you to promote and, and uh, let everybody know what's going on. So if they want to get involved, let them know how yeah, they how can they get involved. Yeah. Exactly. So Perfect. the first thing I would say is if you want to get involved and you're in WA, go to Facebook, type in Perth LARP, find our Facebook group, and then just post, say, like, Hey, I heard some nerds saying some words on my computer about foam swords. I want to get in. Yeah. And yeah. we'll absolutely help you out. You can even, my name's Trent. I'll probably jump on there because. So you can get into a training day, something like that. You can absolutely. Touch, show up to, show up to training. We'll direct you once you get in because we've got a yeah. whole pile depending on whereabouts you are. And does it cost anything to come on training? You just show up and, and just, say, hey, I'm thinking about getting involved. Yeah, show up and do it. Let us know. That's great. Yeah. yeah that's and, a cool and we'll help you out. In. It's a pretty good community in that regards. Yeah. In terms of games that are coming up, Avos is right now and. Because of the nature of time, by the time you hear this, it will be over. Yeah, uh, so yeah. that's really great. Uh, that's a, a newish, that post apocalyptic Ukrainian LARP. That's awesome. Uh, in terms of ones coming up, Warhearts. Calendar on your Facebook page? You've got like events calendar? Yeah, or we do. Like we can see. Yeah. There, sure. So we've got Warhearts, which is fortnightly, which is a more of like a combat battle game, which mm-hmm. is if you want to play a guy and, and role play that fighting stuff and do it a lot, that's really good. You've got Shattered Worlds coming up in October, which is our big game. So plenty of time to get prepped for that. Yeah. If And that's kind of the two or three times a year, like big, real in quotes game. Uh, we've also got some other smaller great games. We've got Jade Prophecy coming up in September, which is which will probably appeal to a lot of people wanting to get in on a soft aspect. That's been described as Stargate mixed with like medieval stuff. So it's like <laughs> okay. magipunk fantasy kind of technology stuff plus foam swords. That's quite <laughs> so, encounter based yeah. and fun. So that's September 7th. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Arecibo Circle will be running a, another game this year. We'll be doing an Artemis spaceship, kind of like a Battlestar Galactica plus Pegasus two ship kind of deal is what we're working towards. So. Hmm. Yeah, plenty of that stuff. So how many events think. across the year, roughly? Is it like sounds like well, like, like too 10, many 20. is probably the number. Yeah. The, like, oh, we've like we've a got a huge boom at the moment of games. Yeah, yeah. Um, Boot Hills in August, and that's like fully fully sold out. Boot yeah. Hills, yeah. I mean, yeah. Boot Hill could probably squeeze you in if you ask real nicely because that's going to be a great game as yeah. well. But we've got so many games, um, which yeah. which is awesome. There's there's everything to choose from. I, I think it's at a, a tight saturation point where people might not 
quite get the players that they were aiming for because everyone's like, oh, I've got three LARPs in the next two months. Like, holy shit, it's a big investment. Yeah. Both time, money, and just the emotional thinking about everything. So it's huge. It's great. Jump on in. If there's a lot of games really wanting some players because we've got so many people that are experienced now that they've done a couple of things, they know what they want out of a game, and there's this great phrase in LARP, which is that you'll never actually play in the perfect game because you'll be running it. Uh, and so there's so many people that are making their dream game right now yeah. and uh, just waiting for some nerds to jump in and frame swords and stuff. Cool, cool. <laughs> have, we, have we missed anything? Have we got it all? I think it's really comprehensive. Yeah. Uh, and I have to be honest, it was this this whole aspect of, of gaming culture that I dismissed up until there was a point where I got heavily more involved in RPGs. Yep, yep. And then the mm. next step to that was... Okay, I, I've been dismissing LARP for a while, but I realized then I hadn't actually gone and seen it for myself. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't gone and experienced it. Exactly, yeah. And that was the step I took, which was when I reached out to you and said, can I come and see this? Sure can. And so I did. And the next step for that is to go and actually participate myself, which is what I'm doing. And, for Boot uh, Hill. Yeah, for Boot Hill. Yeah. And then next step from that is to perhaps get on one of those longer form activities yep. for a whole weekend and, and actually go full immersive for, for the podcast, of course. I'd love that. And my yeah. own personal gratification. I'd love to hit some shit. Um, Do it. We'll keep you out. <laughs> my so, yeah. my thing was, yeah, I was the same. I hadn't really, um, I don't know what it was. It was it was always since we like, we like we started this conversation, it always seemed to be the counter argument to trying to get people to understand just people like that hadn't, play, hadn't done role playing. You know, if you said, oh, I, did, I played a role playing game, yeah. they go, what, you having trouble with the wife? Are you seeing a counselor? <laughs> you know, what's, why are you role playing? And it's like, no, 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 that. It's role playing like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, do you dress up? And then that would annoy you because it's yeah. like, no, that's not what I'm doing. You don't get it. And then, so it just became as this counterpoint to being annoyed to try and understand what I am actually doing. And the thing that swung it for me was putting on one of those epic armor and gauntlets. Mm. I was just like, oh my goodness. I could see myself. <laughs> yeah, I could see people. myself doing yeah, this. Yeah. And it's, yeah, we thought it was going to be a laugh and we put all this stuff on. And within seconds, I reckon if you went to one of your trading days, I reckon anybody who's listening to this, you're already a gamer. I reckon go to one of your trading sessions and you'll be in whole wholeheartedly within seconds because the, the gear is great and just the idea of, uh, yeah, being that immersed inside a game and it's it's real scale, isn't it? It's yeah. one to one. It's fantastic. Yeah. I saw a, a person who's who's reasonably new. He's played a couple of games now, and I think he was describing to someone else on a Facebook group about what it's like compared to a tabletop RPG. And he's like, "Well, in a tabletop RPG, if you say I draw my sword, that's one thing, but actually looking at someone, <laughs> shit's yeah. getting real, and you're going, all right, <laughs> yeah, and, you, and you actually draw your sword, like that feels so different. Yeah, oh, and yes. you know, you get to you might be commanding troops. You might be have 50 people behind you wow. waiting. You point your sword. They start yelling and charging behind <laughs> you. Like I think I'm more intrigued with the, with the non-fighting stuff. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm really interested in just like the being that immersed and just trying to solve, solve stuff in, yeah. in, in that world without having a... We even get you're wearing all of the armory and all that sort of thing and all having all the weapons, but you're not necessarily using it. I reckon that would be fascinating. Yeah. Mm. All right. Let's let's talk some bitten right after this. Let's, let's get, get it. Let's bits. tell Trent how to play bitten. Alan Turing. This is the Alan Turing podcast today. <laughs> He's oh, no. a number one fan. This Welcome is the Alan Turing o'clock <laughs> bitten portion of the of the podcast. Look, we got um, sent um, a copy of Bitten from um, Cat Dragon Games. Ben Canalos mm. is the the designer of this game. And uh, Matt, can you can you place us in the world of Bitten? What are we 
Where are we? What are we doing? Well, David, you yeah. are a vampire, or, a werewolf, or, or a zombie. That's some good choices. That's They're my it. three favourite choices. Uh, aren't they awesome? Three, three very recognisable tropes. Yeah. And you're attempting, as part of one of those three, uh, I guess, in your clan, to take over the city. Uh, you're deploying your recruits to overrun strategic locations yeah. that uh, it could be the the churchyard or the military base or the local cafe or the discotheque. And then you are... The blood bank, which, which might also bank. be the local cafe. <laughs> Very appropriate. Ah, yeah. uh, while also competing against the other factions in the game. The, the, the twist to this, though, yeah. is that you may not have anyone on your side. Well, you may have anyone. It's a hidden role game. So you are a vampire, a werewolf, or a zombie. But no one trying else to, knows. No one else knows at the beginning of the game, and you're exerting your influence. And that's the objective of the game, is to influence the outcome of the game so that you, your faction comes out on top. Yeah. And that's it. And on the table in front of you, you get five locations, the five location cards. Mm. It's very cleverly done. The design... The design of these these cards it's it's a mix between um, art and photography, and he's just black yeah. and whited everything, which is quite is quite clever because I've always heard that one of the hardest things about doing a card game is the enormous cost behind all the art because mm. every new card needs another piece of so artwork. Definitely. So the design on this goes right down to the fact that they've had this nice mix, and if they made everything stark black and white contrast, it all matches and it all looks good. Yeah. It has so, a really vintage RPG book feel. It to does the art. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very you know like a negative space in city, uh, black, white, very stark look. Um, and um, so on the on the table in front of you, you'll have five locations. And like Matt said, you know that <clears throat> these are the locations that you're trying to gain influence over. Mm. And in front of me, you know, I've got here the nightclub, the police station, the coffee shop, the hospital, and the motel. Um, these locations have a threshold amount. Uh, so in terms of that, the places I just mentioned will have a threshold of five, except for the motel, which has got seven. Yeah. And that's um, the total number of cards that are recruit cards that you're able to play. Yeah. So your minions. And your recruit, the recruit cards are the cards that you have in hand. So you'll, everyone starts off with a hand of five cards, uh, with five recruit cards. And the other card that's on the table is a lair card, a lair card. Uh, which you get placed in front of you before you start. Yeah. That tells you which faction you're at. Yeah. So they get shuffled up. There's uh, six of those. Yes, there, there are six. There are two of each flavor, yeah, if you yeah. like. So a zombie werewolf vampire. But you could be a different type of zombie faction. You're a voodoo shaman zombie or you're a wendigo werewolf or you're a night stalker vampire, for example. Yeah. So, so they're all different. And that all that does is just... Uh, the both of us, we could end up both being vampires. However, my vampire clan is just that little bit better than yours, and then ultimately, uh, that's how we break ties. Well, we, and we break ties by having that those that layer in front of you, and how many cards mm. are in front of you at the end of the game. But that uh, that's one of the win conditions. The yeah. um, so what you do with those thresholds on each of those locations. Um, so say uh, we reach that five-card threshold mm -hmm. and uh, we count up the recruit cards. Now, recruit cards have three bands on them. They'll have a vampire, a zombie, <clears throat> and a werewolf In band. In that order. Now, yeah. And some cards will have two of those. Some cards will have one of those. Some cards have three of those. So when you pick up your five-card hand, you look at which card you want to play, and you'll play that on a location. When a location reaches its threshold, you figure out 
who's in control and put the other final little mini cards. Mm, the influence there, marker. The influence marker yeah. to say, all right, vampires are in control here. That's it. Or whatever. But it so doesn't looking stay at like these that. cards I've got in front of me, the threshold is five, six for almost all of them. Yeah. Stadium's 13 for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, so that's got that, a special condition on it. Like, so there's, if you read the condition on that trend... Three influence when the threshold is met. Yeah. So yeah it's worth so, a lot if you can get it. So yeah. that, that five kind of number you'll get to, you know, best two out of maybe three will win it kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it's first the three influence and the game ends, right? That, that's so right. That's can, the end condition. If so you as can soon control as... the stadium, yeah. boom, ah. but game it's, ends. It's three of a particular type. So if three, three zombies or three werewolves or vampires turn up, mm. that's, that signals the end of the, end of the, the game and you go to scoring. Uh, however, it's a fluctuating thing. So you can constantly influence a, a location and then be not influencing that location because another faction, someone's come along with a Slayer card, which is yeah, another type one. of recruit card, and uh, has raided mentioned. your location. That's right. Has raided your location and removed a recruit or they've barricaded a location that doesn't have any recruits and removed it from the game altogether. So if we didn't like the stadium card being in there and no one had played there, you can play a Slayer card, goodbye, goodbye stadium, and put a new location mm, in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so, so yeah, that, I can see some of the cards have interact with that barricade mechanic or the yeah or the raid mechanic. The rain, so if you mechanic, if you raid yeah. certain mechanic certain areas, I think it's like a, the biker club or something like that. If you raid yeah. there, raid another location, something yeah. like that. Yep, discard uh, two recruit cards instead of one. In fact, yeah. oh, I discard the two. Uh, there are yeah. there's one like that, but the the military yeah. base. Cannot be uh, cannot be, be barricaded. Can be raided. Uh, can, can be yeah. I'm the fact checker yeah, yeah. here. Oh, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he's the card right in front of you. Um, so that's that's an awesome thing. We, what we found is once that got influence on it, it was it was stuck it's like done. that for the rest of the game because yeah. there's nothing you could do about so it. So that that but that plays into the strategy of how you play because if you yeah. if that card's out, if that location's out, you know let's fill it because if I've got control of that place, yep, yep. but then. It becomes quite obvious. If, if I'm a zombie, you go, you're a werewolf, Matt. Trent, yep. you're a, a, a vampire. If I just start banging zombie cards only down on places, you quickly know David's a zombie. So then you can sabotage my lair by passing cards into my lair mm. that are non-zombie cards because that breaks a tiebreaker. If I, get, if I trick you all into thinking I'm a vampire and you play zombie cards into my lair, if I look at my lair and I've got three of the same kind... I can have a win condition on that. Mm. If nobody plays a card in my lair on that turn, I can flip those and say, I've won. I've got three, three in my lair. And that's just about, that's another way the game flips it so that you have to play kind of covertly if you can. Yeah. The game can be quite easily uh, recognizable as you can quite easily recognize who's doing what. So yeah, I, I, I don't think it takes long for us to figure out, it, it, I don't think it took long for us to figure out who was who, and we yeah. were pretty accurate. Um, but my, that's my thinking on this. This game kept going in terms of how I wanted to play it strategically. Like yeah. initially I thought, right, I'm going to use the, say I'm the zombie. I want to use my single zombie cards. I want to get them first. Because something we haven't mentioned is that that starting hand of five, I'll play a card out of that and I'll play it. And then the four that are remaining, I'll pass it to Matt. Gotcha. And yeah. then the, we keep drafting from that. So you keep getting a different hand of cards to look at and play. Mm. That's now, initially the first I thought, phase, the pick initially phase. I thought, initially I thought, let's get the single strip ones like the zombie and play that and get a strong 
strong basis, a strong faction representation in each of these locations. But I actually think in now that the single strip ones are the ones that you bomb into people's lairs. Because yeah. then you, you cut down the chances of helping them and you're not giving yourself away quite as easily because if you play a, uh, a recruit card with two factions on it, it's still debatable then, isn't it? And you can throw yeah. another one in there that's not got your faction in there just to throw people off. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't actually played the game, but I've now looked at all the cards and heard you guys talk about it. The single strip ones could also be used as a, as a fake out, right? You know yes. that, You know mm. that a thing's about to be flipped over. You haven't played any cards in it yet. You're a vampire. You throw a single strip zombie in there and they know that that was you, bam. That's, and that's one of the Misdirection. things... That, that's one of my pro tip things, I thought. First impressions count for a lot. So those first couple of cards mm-hmm. that you play could be vampire heavy. Yep. And then you get on to getting your zombies in everywhere. But it's very difficult to walk away from the idea, you know, I'll see, ah, oh, Trent's played a couple of werewolves cards there. He's nailed on werewolf. I then think about it a little bit less than what I should do probably yep. and get on with my own game thinking werewolf nailed on. But you aren't at all because you've just played me, right? I thought I think that is a is a good good strategy. And in the this more game. players, the murkier as yeah, well. Like yeah. if you're like, well, I know that this guy, this guy's a fucking vampire. I know it. And this other guy in this thing, okay, well, if there's a werewolf card, so the guy too must be the werewolf because I know this guy's a vampire for sure. Because yeah. it'd, be <laughs> it'd be interesting to play it with six. It'd be interesting to play it with six players because then you would have all the faction cards out. Yeah, and you would know that there are. Two of each faction. Yeah, this guy can't there. be the fourth vampire. Yeah, yeah I'm exactly, terrible right? at math. What am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, it's funny that person isn't even really necessarily your ally either, because uh, they're no. out to win for themselves. Yeah, it's it's that sort of a misnomer in the description of the game that the game gives you. It's just like you, nobody's on the same side. You might have someone that's also playing the same faction into a location, but ultimately you're fighting against them mm. because when the three when the three areas of influence pop up and fire and the game ends then you everyone flips their cards that are in that faction so if werewolves win everyone flips over yeah. the cards that are werewolves and then you sort of go head to head don't you yeah who, who who actually has the greater balance of power do you have a good grip on the tiebreaker for that scenario because that is where i get confused <laughs> and always have to look at the, at the rule book so literally your lair uh, counts as one yeah. Of, of that type. So if, it's, if you're a zombie player, your lair actually counts for one zombie. Now, you only need two other zombies played into your lair to have that victory condition you were talking about, which is the, uh, the, the lair victory, secure your lair victory. So you can automatically win that way. Uh, if it comes down to that tiebreaker where you've got two factions vying against each other to see which one wins more than the other, then it comes down to counting the number of that faction. So you're counting the number of zombies. Yeah. Okay? So if you've got all the cards played into your lair plus the one you've got, it totals four zombies, for example, then your opponent... Uh, might also have something similar. But rather than having four zombies, they might only have three zombies, in which case you're already outnumbering them. But Everyone if, knows four zombies beats three zombies. Exactly like right. basic zombie math. Uh, that's it. So if in that case, however, you've got your four zombies in your area, but you also have five werewolves, the werewolves outnumber your zombies. So you're actually not ahead. You're actually behind because the werewolves have unbalanced you and the player with the three zombies if he has less werewolves or less vampires than zombies he wins right so it encourages you to if you're zombies encourages you to get the most zombies but if you have a whole pile of other stuff it dilutes you yeah 
tiebreaker score. So, That's it. I mean, can you play with two people? No. No, you need three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, need, you need three so that you can... Three to six is the... Three, three to six, yeah. yeah. Um, look, some of, the, some of the stuff I've got written down here, just the, on, on the fly notes that I made. It's, it's, it's draft. If you love drafting, you will love this game. It's very yeah. and it's very fast paced. So it sounds mm, well. Yeah. I don't know what it sounds like, but it, pretty much you're getting five cards in your hand. Boom! You're playing one, passing them on. Now you can play. You can look at your lair, and you can. Um, yeah. but you can't do both. No. You can get your five. You can get your cards passed from the other person, and you can choose to look at either one or the other. If you look at your, uh, you look at your lair cards, then you have to just take one random card from your recruit hand and just put it into the discard pile. And then you can play a card from your lair. So that has, that's how you thin your lair out from all the junk cards that you don't yeah, want and gotcha. make it more your faction. So it's very fast-paced. Once you get the hang of it, it doesn't take very long. It's very... Dum, 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 and you're flying through this game, The right? cards are really clean as well in terms of... They, they don't have, you know, five different mechanics on them and four resources and two chips. No. They've just no, got a number no. in the top right yeah. and then a line of dialogue underneath saying what's special it's about it. It's very elegant and, and super, very streamlined. Uh, yeah. You're not going to get... Even the fact yeah. that it's black, just the black and whiteness of it, I think would play against someone picking it up and buying it. They think, oh, it's too black and white. It's not. But I think it actually, it's a, it's a very cool thing about mm. it, and I actually like it. In the same way I put it here, as the same way that in the, even to, even the same way that I enjoyed the Metallica Black album, <laughs> but even to a greater extent, <laughs> that the Metallica Black album, if you took the cover out of the uh, CD sleeve. Uh, it would get greasy fingerprints on it, and it would look greasy yeah, and messy in no time. And you'd ruin that perfect sheen of blackness. Doesn't happen with these cards, but somehow they've invented a new form of blackness that doesn't take the greasy fingerprint. <laughs> new form of blackness. Genius, genius, Ben. Well designed. So, Ben, your tagline is like the Metallica Black album, but for cards. But yeah. brackets also a new type of black. Yeah. Additional brackets. You I can have greasy a, fingers, probably. I invented a new type of blackness, Ben Canalos. <laughs> the Vanda yeah, Black exactly. of card games. Um, something that wasn't mentioned in the instructions, which I think, I hope I'm uh, in agreement with the designer here. Uh, the discard pile, uh, should the discard pile be hidden, was a question that popped up earlier on. We decided, yeah, that's right. yes, we did want it to be, because if you're filtering cards out of your... Uh, lair was that when it happened yep. when you filled yep. cards out of your lair you don't want to be giving away extra information about who you might or might not be so if you're discarding a card from your lair and you're putting it face up and you're discarding a zombie immediately oh. i can say to you well you're not a zombie because you're think, discarding it but if you're if you're playing a card from your lair card you're not going to put it to your discard pile you i that was a more became a pro tip where you should actually play that to someone else's lair oh that's right because yeah, yeah. if you take something out of your lair and put it into a location everyone's like oh why is he dumping the pure yeah, zombie card right. he'd want that in his lair that's right so yeah that was more of a pro tip i think yeah, it was from a reason your hand for... it was if you're playing you're giving away i guess extra information about what might be in the, the your you. player's hand that you're about to pass on so if you uh, if you're discarding a, a zombie card, for example, from the place and everyone can see it, then and I'm passing my cards to you, mm. then you already know that, oh, you've weeded the zombies out. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I, th- I think that maybe that gives away a little bit of information. You Maybe you know who I am. Yeah. So you're getting rid of a zombie card because you know I'm a zombie. Um, perhaps. Hidden role drafting is, is a good summary, though. I like that. That's a, yeah. a nice, clean way of describing it. If you're, if you're a magic player and you like that, 
guessing element of like, oh, what's missing from this pack kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, is, this is a skill set for you here. Because we also, well, the first game we played, we got a lot of Slayer cards early on. We thought, how do you make any headway yeah. with this? But then I think that was just a shuffling thing. And it was right, more shuffled, yeah, yeah. they spread out. And that was a note that I've got here. The balance of this game is really good. Uh, so the, there's not so many Slayer cards that if you get through the recruit deck, mm. you've hit enough and you're not going to be hitting, you know, when you start getting through it again, it's not going to happen on such an occasion that you're just never going to populate your locations because Slayers can keep coming in and just yep. destroying it all. That's not going to happen. It's definitely sort of a catch-up mechanic as well. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's always a good mat rule, uh, is their ability to catch up. Yeah. And it definitely is. I get disenfranchised if there's not. Yeah. You don't want to see the uh, the finish line get further and further away. Yeah. And One man's catch-up is another man's blue shell, so... <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> how much of a how much can you chip the the top player down with those with those slay cards mm. quite a lot because it's also a matter of looking at your at what locations they are and playing to the location abilities mm. because as you can see uh, you know you can um um well, you raid, raid you, one location yeah. hurt another one you can yeah what have you got i was gonna say with the slayer card you raid a location if you've got the one that allows you to raid another location there's nothing to stop you if it happens to be, work out that way to raid that location that then says raid another location and bang, all of a sudden you've knocked <laughs> off three recruit cards from three different locations and if they had influence tokens on them, mm. they're no longer under any influence. And some locations start with a certain faction in residence as well. So yeah. some of them have got a werewolf already there. Or yeah. you, or some of them have got like uh, is it dog pound or something like that. For yeah, you have to bring a friend, like animal shelter. Yeah, yeah, it has the animal shelter. What does that one say? Werewolves can only be played to this location if another faction is on the same card. Yeah, so that's that's kind of neat. If it's a, it's a nice thematic little touch there, but that's a, that's a great way that you know you find yourself having to play the double faction card to a location yeah. like that. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Yeah. The um, the rule book. Uh, the rule. Are we oh, on to? Okay, yeah. The, well, the, I mean, that was. I've got only two things that I didn't like about this game. Mm. I really. I, so maybe we'll get to how much we liked it yeah. afterwards. If you want to do the rule book, I would have said a box divider would have been great. <laughs> that's all. That's it. It's the divider <laughs> in the box to stop the cards from messing around. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's really nitpicking. The main gripe we had with it, Matt. Yeah, it was the rule book. I think could have been worded a little bit. Di- Differently, it could have uh, been. A bit I think a bit of proofreading would have yeah. would have helped it. We got came uh, a bit unstuck on a few occasions, but that's really it's a, that's a really small thing. small thing because you do get the hang of it and you know what's going on and it's not a complicated game to get the hang of. No. And the victory conditions were the way they were they were worded a little bit. Probably, I think we talked about redundancy in in language. There was a little bit too much language where you could have come up, summarized the the victory condition a lot more efficiently. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Uh, but but it's it. You kind of get you kind of get there pretty quick. It's a it's a small thing, and I think you you figure it out. And the you know it's not an overly complicated game. I think if this was a large scale game, there are lots more things going Mm -hmm. on in it, and and the rule book was equally worded. It would be very difficult. But I think this game it's it's almost like a shame that it's you know for for an Australian podcast talking feels it's a shame that this isn't widely available in Australia because I think this one would be a, a real real hit. Uh, it's definitely that game that you can pick up. And we've talked in the past about our beach uh, beach house games. Yeah, this is a beach house game. This it is, is a one beach house game. Genre, I like very it. much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
the um, I, I liken it to Smash Up. And there's a lot of similar mechanics in the sense that you're building up locations and removing cards. You're interacting with other players by removing their cards. So there's a lot of similarities there. Definitely some influences. Hidden but identity it is its own and thing. horror, Matt. Horror, horror. Yeah, there's no absolutely. horror smash up. Oh, there certainly is. No, there isn't. Forget about it. <laughs> no. This, uh, has got, this is proper themes. Proper, proper themes, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we made the, when we first cracked it open, um, it kind of looked like a hammer. Uh, like those Hammer old House Hammer of House of Horror movies from the 60s and 70s. Uh, in that, that tone, that the blackness. Yeah, and, the art and design is definitely yeah. that. Uh, I, I enjoyed this game yeah. uh, for, for a brand new thing. And the incentive to pick it up off the shelf, I guess, what is a little bit of a difficulty because I would look at it next to all those big, bright, colourful games up there and, and I probably would lean towards those big, bright, colourful ones. That's a mistake. So... That that is so. What yeah. what could we, what would you do that could uh, make it pop? Just well, that you would listen bit more. to this podcast and you just go, "Let's try it out." Because that's Buy one copies. That's one. Enjoy <laughs> your friends. Yeah, I think we talked about adding a little bit of a splash, just the splash, oh, of, the splash of red, of, of red or something. Yeah, yeah, a but, color, just the, something that, yeah, that keep the cards black and white, but make the box. Yeah, just yeah, just, yeah. Oh, look, something. we're nitpicking. I don't think we it, are. Yeah. We really are. I and think it, I think the fact that it's not colorful. Uh, actually helps with the streamlined playability of this game because it's just it's just straightforward and I think it's got a charm of its own. Um, is that famous phrase as well, which is like always judge a book by whether it's got that splash of red on the cover or not. Yeah, I think it's a, something yeah, like that. That is a very famous proverb. <laughs> yeah, it's also it makes it more affordable. Uh, definitely by oh, keeping no, it the I basic think, black and white. Yeah, I think we just reversed and engineered that. That's probably more from a yeah a, a game design thing, like we mentioned earlier. On cuts down on the costs of mm-hmm. having a, you know, there's a lot of cards in this in this uh, box. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very neat thing. If you can get your hands on it, uh, I I think uh, you can get it through. I've forgotten my cheat sheet that Ben actually sent us um, through Cat Dragon Games. You can get it through Cat yeah. Dragon Games, uh, and hopefully it could be seen on Australian shelves soon. But if you're in in the states, and as I know, there's a lot of people in the states listening, uh, WL, they can get it um, through Cat Dragon Games and online. I think it's through Amazon. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure Australians are used to ordering things online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it'd be good to see it on shelves because, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth play. It certainly has a place amongst all those other uh, small games of, of its size. There, there's, there are a dime a dozen, and this is another one I think that would... Uh, well, it says 45 to 60 minutes, but I think we're yeah. smashing it through a lot quicker than that. This is definitely something that you can... It's a, it's almost like a quick party game almost. Oh, it's, for it's, sure. But, Absolutely. But it it's feels 45 like, to 60 for your first game, and then... You yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. It feels like it's got more flavour in it than the, than the usual sort of quick party game things. Like, it's got a little more feels like a little bit more depth and my idea about how to play it strategically shifted uh, and mm. it's good to get to the end of a month of playing it and you're still not sure if you're playing it strategically the correct way you know and that's where i'm in with this game yep. you know those games we pick them up and we play it once and we go oh, i to do it. this yeah. so it yeah. doesn't matter that's like quick, easy to learn hard to master kind of thing yeah, that, you, I, that you really want in game design right like yeah. you want it to be an onion of complexity not in <laughs> how to figure out how the game works yeah. but in you all as a group 
learn and develop and iterate on the strategy of it as you go, but you can play it at whatever level. And you can, yeah, you end up debating it, don't you? Because you're saying, I, I would I would do this. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 I don't think you should do that. I'd do the exact opposite of that. Oh, it's like, I actually great. played perfectly, but you guys are too stupid to understand my <laughs> four-dimensional chess, so I lost because you just brute forced. Ugh. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, hope, I hope Ben comes out with some more games because this, this is a, a, a great, if this is his first game, it's a great start. Yeah, one to watch. Yeah. All right. Cheers, man. Um, that's, that's great. All done? All done. All right. Bitten. Cat Bitten. Dragon Games. Needs and tools. Needs and tools. Uh, Matt, what have you got Matt, in the Needs and Toys world? In the Needs and Toys. Well, I've been having a look at our Decrypto post and, and looking at all the comments that have been popping up. Yes. Um, there, there's some very nice little t- uh, secrets being let out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, there. that's the theme of this month, isn't it? It's mm. like leave a comment, um, but it has to be a secret on our Facebook page that you don't want anyone else to know about. Uh, so you can certainly okay. see through that. Yeah, it does get printed up on our Facebook page. And, and uh, people have been contributing secrets that we're not going to... Well, we're probably going to read some now, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Uh, mm. Angela Marie. Yeah. Uh, her secret is that she has threesomes every night. Really? Uh, yeah. That's what she, says. she then lets Sounds exhausting. Her, she lets her two chihuahuas sleep at the bottom of her bed. So, you know, technically... Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, in the realms. It's, it's fun, a bit of fun. But yeah. there's also, there's people who uh, cry when reading uh, young adult fiction to right. uh, those people who don't care for Alex Van Halen's drumming. Oh, who's that? That's uh, Daniel. Ah, oh, Daniel. <laughs> Unfortunately banned from the page now. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he's, a, uh, he's a music provider for the show so you know we love you daniel yeah he does uh, that's oh no i remember that because i got to contribute like i was mad keen on van halen in my in the high school years and uh i don't really know anything about drumming so i just went oh, he's the drummer and and eddie's doing the guitar yeah um so i don't know if I, maybe if daniel says he's good he's drumming's terrible then that's fine oh he should know i can remember there's a lot of symbols in there and that was very i always found that very distracting it's just this <laughs> In the background, that's him just hitting all the symbols over and over. The, um, of course, we've still got the, the people who are putting in comments like, cool. Yeah, idiot. And that's sort of it. <laughs> uh, and look, if you, you open yourself up, if you do that, I'm going to try and coax more information out of you. That's just what I'm going to do. It's my mission then. And in that case, I was successful enough. So Every month I write to Matt and go, can I, can I have a go at this guy? And Matt goes, no, no. Give me I'm a chance. going to try and make him have a conversation <laughs> with me. <laughs> Most of the time. Because a lot of people look at the, the picture, Trent, and it just says, comment to win the game yeah, but no. in the first line of text it says the comment in this case tell us a secret that you don't want anyone else to know about uh, but yeah. people then just go comment lol or comment smiley face like they're the first person that's ever thought of that they're brain geniuses their brains are huge yeah <laughs> yeah it's fascinating we must have had a million people that have done yeah, that over the years, a million yeah. invalid entries into competition <laughs> exactly they're never gonna win there's uh, there's still time if you've got that little dark little oh, nitty natty secret about there that you want to share. Yeah, What's about that. Date? Yeah. So uh, yeah, jump on board and yeah. uh, well, hopefully this gets out pretty soon, so you can immediately race to the page, leave a comment, leave a little dirty secret, and uh, hopefully pick yourself up a copy of Decrypto. Yeah, and you can get a ten percent discount off Decrypto by uh, stating the password, Matt. In Soviet Russia, game decrypts you. That works at any good game store, uh, pretty much, pretty much anywhere. Anywhere, which is all of them. 
Uh, it's a like, passphrase as well. Yeah, passphrase. Yeah. Pass I, I did make a point of saying that on the podcast itself. But Excellent. I got shouted down. <laughs> um, uh, this lasts for the only for the month of July, which we've got maybe yep. 10, 10-ish days left of. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we just covered the whole, if you want to win it, let's get to the top of the Facebook page where we've uh, got it posted for episode one, two, three. There's a whole bunch of other stuff we put up there too, if you're interested. Uh, my my uh, Seven Land Hand Blood Bowl times goes up uh, fortnightly whenever we... And whenever I play, which uh, usually goes up like the next he, day. If he wins or draws, he'll make a post. If uh, he loses, uh, such seems, headings seems to go under the uh, radar. Read all about the last one is four skinks need a good clean out. So that's the uh, headline of this current one. Yeah. <laughs> There's also our unboxings are up there. Uh, a lot of the the magic uh, pick a card, oh, not pick a card, but uh, Buster dra- Booster, Buster Booster, and yeah. uh, draft pick, first draft pick that goes up there. Yeah. So lo- there's so much stuff out there that uh, but you can get engaged with. More on theme with this episode is uh, more about LARP and yes. how do people in WA re-engage with that trend? Yeah, look, I think the or easiest engaged. thing is if you want to get involved in LARP, just Perth LARP in Facebook. Mm-hmm. Then make a post, introduce yourselves. We'll send you in the right direction. We've Friendly got, community, easy to do. Yep, we're all yep. good. We'll keep an eye on you. We've got you know fantasy games, sci-fi games, games which are a bit of both. We've got post-apocalyptic games. We've got kind of modern gun shooty games. There's a whole pile of stuff. We'll send you in the right direction. I'll just quickly run through some names as well if you want to go straight to those pages if you don't want to go through yeah. Perth Lap first. So Shattered Worlds and Warhearts are your pure fantasy games and they're fairly big you've got a Voss your game running literally right now even as it's raining outside as your post apocalyptic <laughs> games well, the f- you got Boot apt. Hill a western game happening in, in uh, August, August coming up real soon uh, you've got uh, Jade Prophecy which is a sci-fi fantasy kind of mix and then you've got my game which is Arecibo Circle which is pure sci-fi there's a whole pile of other ones as well that I've uh, won't go through the full list, yeah. but Perth you can Larp get them you... on Perth Larp, the events page on the Facebook page. Say what you want, we'll send you in the right direction. Yeah, that's awesome. So much going on. Too easy. All right, if you've heard your name mentioned throughout the po- uh, podcast tonight, just uh, contact us at podcast at sevenlandhand.com. We'll send you out one of the 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 badges again we've started to get nervous about with the need to make more badges matt yeah remember we we've still been asking for uh what is that next thing we, we had pencils as an idea with the seven hand land logo written down the side what about seven land hand larp helmets larp helmets or <laughs> seven land hand warband seven oh, land seven. seven hands across the land i don't know yeah there'll be something in there <laughs> the we'll land of work. seven hands oh. drinking helmet drinking horns yep Drinking horns are great. Yeah, that's true. We can always have drinking yeah. horns. Yeah, and uh, yeah, look out for a Sven Landhand as he uh, joins yeah. a lot. Our uh, Scandinavian friend. Mm. All right, so ne- it says next week we're looking at time stories, Matt. We've yes. been playing that as that well as beautiful Bitten. white box. Beautiful white, but we've gone from a completely black box to a completely white box. It's like, and like I said, yeah. it's like the we're Beatles bereft white of colour this month. Yeah. Uh, so look out for that. That's coming out uh, shortly. And uh, Aaron's got uh, he's got a, a suite of fancy graphics for his um, what will now be M19 drafts on the Twitch stream. Yeah. So you can tune in and watch him uh, do do drafts, and they'll, they'll go to our YouTube channel as well. So you can. Yep, they end up there. Yeah, if you're thinking about doing some M19 drafts, uh, tune in and watch Aaron do one of his and get some tips. Find mm. out how to do it. Of course, pretty, if you want to correctly. send us some email. You could use the uh, podcast at sevenlanehand.com. Yeah, yeah. 
or if you for the real dirty secrets, you want to shout at us and uh, abuse us directly to our faces, you can use That's, our names. Yeah, I Matt, highly recommend it. Matt yeah. at sevenlandhand.com. That's yeah. the address. Send it all to Kai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was that's about it. So, you yeah, know, outro music's playing around about now. Beautiful. Thanks Trans- for having yeah. everyone. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for mm. thanks for coming along, joining in. I sure did it. Yeah, it was fascinating the the LARP stuff. And when when are you going to be doing your thing? You're going to be going uh, along. That's August. August. It's, uh, yeah, uh, middle of August. And we'll be what? What we'll be seeing from that hearing or seeing uh, or well, write upping uh, reading. Getting right murdered by a reading. cowboy one yeah. minute in and going home. I'd love to see That's, that. <laughs> yeah. Just absolutely uh, pack so your bags, mate. I, yeah. I'm, playing, uh, I'm playing a novel writer, uh, actually, who's visiting the West for the first time. This sounds in like looking my for inspiration. story. Yeah, I, I actually, he was my inspiration. I thought, this in is the West what Australia. kind of a... I'm playing a serial killer what? that hates novel writers. <laughs> yeah. Matt was thinking, what kind of twat would I like to play? Well, David's here. Why yeah, I'll be a writer. <laughs> yeah, they're very self-absorbed. Um, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And costuming solutions. Easy. Uh, right, Tweed jackets, right. elbow pads. Pull yeah. on your back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So big uh, moustache. Drinking problem. Oh. All the options around us. We, we look forward to it. Coming soon to a Seven Land Hand page near you. Yeah. Oh, right. And maybe the pages of somewhere in particular. That's very cryptic. Wow. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Cheerio.